0: Law Talk Radio
1: Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm PC. Stangy Law Firm is a multi-state family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy.
0: Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The topic is what is a non-contested hearing and this is based on an article on our blog familylawheadquarters.com dated november 26 2023 and the data, and the title of that article is what is a non-contested hearing in divorce and family law matters so as a follow-up to the episode today go on over to familylawheadquarters.com and, and check out that article for more information on this topic but let's go ahead and jump on in uh, most folks conceptually understand what a contested hearing is in a divorce or family law matter. Obviously a contested hearing is where parties don't agree. They have a trial or some kind of evidentiary hearing and at the trial uh, witnesses testify. Uh, evidence is presented to the judge, and then ultimately the judge has to make a decision about the result of a divorce or family law matter. And and really in the context of a divorce, a judge would have a lot of things that they have to decide upon, like whether to grant the divorce or not. Some folks take that for granted, uh, but judges have discretion. Uh, How to divide marital property and debt. Uh, spousal maintenance or alimony issues, dependent on the state you're in, in terms of what it's called, child custody and visitation time, and then child support if there are kids. And, of course, attorney fees is another issue judges ultimately have to decide upon as well after hearing a divorce or family law matter. So that's a contested hearing, and contested hearings can take maybe a day, maybe a half a day, maybe multiple days, maybe longer, whereas a non-contested hearing is something different. And so most folks are kind of confused by this, this concept. And I'll just tell you this as well. Uh, some folks refer to, the, to this as an uncontested hearing. So an uncontested hearing, really the same thing as a non-contested hearing. We're talking about the same thing, just different terminology to describe it. But in terms of what, what this is is, is, is this, which is, look, most folks – settle their divorce or family law matter. Um, it might take them a while. It, not, it might not be a situation where they uh, settled the case right out of the gates or easily or, or quickly or anything like that. It could be a situation that it took them weeks or months, uh, sometimes longer. It could be the case settled at mediation, or maybe there was some input from the judge at, at a pretrial conference or settlement conference, and, and maybe this involved – uh, the party's attorneys sending, you know, settlement offers, and then there were multiple, uh, you know, multiple counter settlement proposals, if you will, uh, to get the case settled. And then, you know, once an agreement is entered, and again, most cases settle, not all. At least that's my personal experience. I mean, most folks ultimately decide not to litigate the case, and, and uh, there's a, a reasonable settlement uh, that is reached. But some cases have to be be tried as well but in terms of settlement I mean once a case is settled then what has to happen is settlement paperwork has to be drafted um, to put in writing what the agreement is and and obviously this is going to vary by state and locality it'll vary uh, by the judge uh, perhaps I mean maybe a judge is looking for certain things in settlement paperwork but take a divorce is just an example and obviously there's lots of other kinds of family law matters out there you know, paternity cases, adoptions, you know, orders of protections or restraining order hearings, and, you know, lots of other types of divorce and family law cases out there. But just take a divorce. In a, in a divorce, you typically have a divorce decree. Uh, you have a marital settlement and in, in settlement paperwork, which divides the property and the debt. Uh, if there's kids, you have what's called a parenting plan or child custody agreement. Um, If there's kids, you're going to have to do child support computations in most in most circumstances, and and so there's paperwork that reflects all of this. Again, it's going to vary based on state, locality, and judge. This can all be a little bit different. The terminology can be different, and the exact requirements uh, might be different, but but the truth is, in in a general sense, is paperwork that has to be prepared, and and the paperwork can be quite cumbersome. And so even when parties have an agreement in principle, there there can still be a hang-up on the, the exact phraseology of the settlement paperwork, And there can be uh, revisions and and, uh, and, counter-proposals and with multiple drafts going back and forth between the attorneys until there's ultimately an agreement on a final draft, all right? But then the key after that is this, which is obviously the parties both have to sign the settlement paperwork. Typically their attorneys sign the settlement paperwork, and if there's a guardian ad litem, they're going to review the parenting plan or custody schedule and, and sign and approve it. And then the final piece to concluding the case is getting the judge's signature uh, and approval on the settlement paperwork. And, and, and that's what results in what's called a judgment, and that judgment is then what the parties abide by and, and there's really two ways – Uh, to get a judge to to sign settlement paperwork in a general sense. Again, this can vary by state, locality, and judge. But from my personal experience, there's two ways uh, for this to happen. And and way one uh, would be the case be submitted upon uh, affidavits. And I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Uh, But the other way is through this non-contested hearing or uncontested hearing. And so in terms of how this works, uh, both parties come into court. They come into, the, into court with their attorneys. The signed settlement paperwork is brought into the courtroom, and, and generally, both parties get on the witness stand. They're sworn in and they testify, and, and the testimony is usually fairly painless. Uh, parties are usually saying yes to a series of leading questions uh, that their their attorney poses to them, and and it's you know can be different based on the case, but typically. There's some background information that parties, you know, firm is true, like the date of the marriage, the date of the separation, uh, birth dates maybe of the kids, uh, jurisdiction and venue type questions that neither party's a member of the armed forces or that wife is not now pregnant, and in, in, in a series of other background questions as well that, that are just legal requirements by statute that need to be put on the record. But then past that, uh, the parties are typically – um, provided the settlement paperwork, and, and the attorneys inquire about whether or not they signed the settlement paperwork, that they agree to the settlement paperwork, that they've had adequate time to consider the pros and cons of settlement and, and ultimately decided to settle the case and so on and so forth, and then ultimately yeah, the parties testify that they want the judge to, to approve the settlement. In other words, sign sign off on it to conclude the case, okay? And so this is a, non, a non-contested hearing. Um, uh, again, lots of cases submitted by affidavit, okay? Uh, an affidavit is signed typically by both parties in a family law case, and the affidavit contains Basically, the same things that the party would testify to in a non-contested hearing. Okay, and so you know, many courts, many judges will take a case just based on the affidavits. And a non-contested uh, hearing is not is not always required. But look, in, in certain circumstances, it is. And and you might ask, well, why why would a judge uh, require an uncontested hearing versus taking the case based on affidavits? Well, again. Every jurisdiction's is different. Uh, there can be different laws and requirements and whatnot, you know, that could play into it. And so speak to an attorney who's licensed to co- and competent to practice law in your jurisdiction, um, okay? But, but look, some cases uh, there could be substantial assets, All right, and maybe the judge wants the parties to come in and and testify on the record. Maybe the attorneys uh, want want the parties to come in and testify on the record as well, again, just given the serious financial issues that might be out there. Uh, In cases with kids, it's more likely that uh, a non-contested hearing will be required. And so, um, you know, and and particularly when you're talking about assets and kids, maybe situations where parties are doing something a little – unconventional, maybe a little bit outside the box. Um, You know, maybe it's a circumstance where it was a hard-fought case, a heavily litigated case, and, you know, getting the parties to testify in the record, um, in theory, could make the enforceability of the agreement stronger. So maybe the parties or the judge um, uh, want uh, I should say the attorneys or the judge want the parties to come in and testify just to make sure the agreement is binding, enforceable, and that there's no no confusion uh, about anything in the settlement and, and whatnot. So, I mean, that could be a piece as well. But look, in the more simpler cases, the cases where there's not substantial assets, uh, maybe there's not kids, or if there's kids, maybe the, the agreement's pretty conventional, uh, not something – out of the ordinary or outside of the box pretty standard kind of stuff and 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 from my personal experience in cases like this judges are typically more likely to approve a settlement just based on the affidavits no kids not a lot of money uh or maybe there's kids but nothing nothing outside the box or nothing that's out of the ordinary you know judges more typically will sign uh judgments by affidavits but you know Uh, You know, the course of my career, I've known certain judges where where if their kid's there, they almost always just want them to come in and testify at a non-contested hearing. So, again, this is going to vary based on where your case is at, what judge you're before, and maybe the legal requirements in that state. But, again, the two ways to get a settlement approved uh, is, is typically by affidavits, I mean, the settlement paperwork, or through an uncontested hearing. You know, again, for parties that are going through an uncontested hearing, I mean, look, typically... If the settlement paperwork signed, everybody agrees. This is typically a pretty short, quick, painless hearing uh, where parties are coming in and just answering yes to a lot of questions and affirming background facts and background legal requirements and that they signed the settlement paperwork. So typically no, no big deal if you have to do a non-contested hearing. Again, pretty common. And I would just say this, historically non-contested hearings, at least from my personal experience, when I first began practice and much more common and, and the affidavit uh, submission is something that has really grown in prominence over the course of time so I mean there can be some judges that just like these uncontested hearings better um uh, but but more and more affidavits becoming uh, commonly used as well alright well again that's the topic today is a follow-up going over to familylawheadquarters.com check out the article which is called What is a Non-Contested Hearing in Divorce and Family Law Matters? The day of the article is November 26, 2023. You can read that as a follow-up to the episode today, but I appreciate you all tuning in. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up on Family Law Talk. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Either the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtained in this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. As results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Headquarters, Office, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. Kirk Stange is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas